Hey everyone, this is Matt Burke, the Education Director and the Northeast Director for the Center for Congregations, and I want to welcome you to this special bonus episode of the Center for Congregations podcast. This episode features Kate White, who's our Associate Director for Resources out of the Indianapolis office, talking with Pastor Bruce Colbert, who's also a sales engineer at Custom Sound Design. This episode is just meant to get you connected with an expert, and Kate is going to ask some specific questions of Bruce and just leverage some of his expertise to hopefully help you out with your communications and staying connected via online spaces. So let's just get right into it. Here's Kate White speaking with Pastor Bruce Colbert. Hi, Bruce. Just to give you a little background, my name is Kate White. I'm the Associate Director for Resources here at the Indianapolis Center for Congregations. Our mission is to support Indiana congregations by helping them use the best resources to address their challenges and opportunities. We have had a lot of congregations reaching out saying, how can we move into the online space during COVID? And there's a lot of information out there, but I'm excited to talk with you, Bruce, because I think you can answer some specific questions or give some direction. Ideally, this aspect of the podcast would just be like a 10-minute, here are the quick things that we heard from Bruce. And if you don't have the answers, that's completely fine too. But these are just, as you can imagine, church people, people who are at synagogues, really wanting to improve their presence online and connect with people during a pandemic. And you can speak to us as if we know nothing because I'm kind of one of those people where I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) what's going on? Yeah. So I think one of the basic questions that we're getting from congregations is, what are some practical tips you can provide about internet speed and bandwidth, particularly if you are presenting for your congregation or if you're tuning in from home? Definitely bandwidth has been an issue in two different areas as churches have been starting to stream. I would say you would like to shoot for, you know, some kind of internet provider that can get you an upload speed, which is different than download speed. So from the church side, you're looking at an upload speed of at least three, if not five gigabits per second. That will give you the bandwidth you need. Video takes more bandwidth than audio. So when you're trying to upload video and stream it, the more the better. The faster the internet you can get, the better. And so you'll have to work with your provider to see what options you have there. But definitely things in rural areas like DSL are a problem. If you can get cable or fiber, that's definitely the best. Now, there's some things we can do to compress things to make the bandwidth that you need smaller. But as you do that, the quality level will go down as well. And then from the the congregational side, Again, faster speed is always better, but now you're looking at a download speed. And that typically is not quite as bad because they will do some buffering on the other side to to try to lower the quality if your download speed isn't quite where it needs to be. But the one that you don't have any control of, honestly, that I run into with churches a lot is places like Facebook also have their limits on how much bandwidth they have. And I can tell you that 1030 on Sunday mornings is, depending where you are in the state, is a time where Facebook servers do struggle with bandwidth. And so sometimes that's out of your control. And, you know, I've had some, I just did another church this week that had some glitches and I'm pretty sure it's not on their end. It's, you know, Facebook servers can only handle so much at a time. So all of those are factors. And again, I would just encourage you to, if that's something you're struggling with, to reach out to an integrator and see if they can help you decide where in that chain the issue lies. 
And Bruce, for those people out there who are still learning, what is an integrator? An integrator, great question. An integrator is someone who is a company that does professional audio, video, lighting, but they help you not only purchase product, but then install it, train you, kind of walk you through every step of it. Bring somebody in that can help you decide these are the pieces of equipment technology that you're going to need to do what you want to do. And then we'll install it for you and then we'll train you how to use it. So an integrator does that whole package. Yeah, that's great, Bruce. Something that we've learned quite a bit about with congregations as they're trying to move forward with their audio and visual is really reaching out to those integrators. I know some common names I've heard is custom sound design, which Bruce is excellent. They're he pretty actually good. Works I like there, them. <laughs> you know, you know, but also Sweetwater Sound or if you have your favorite local camera shop, video shop, we've seen a lot of people go local just to support those businesses as well as have that friendly relationship. But yes, certainly relying on your integrators. I also heard you talk about your upload and download speeds. You mentioned that you can turn off your video. That will actually increase your bandwidth if for some reason it's going in and out. Yes, you could actually lower the quality even of the video. You know, most of the time we set things up to stream at 1080, which is what's called full HP, a high resolution. You know, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, they will also be able to accept 720p, which is just, in a sense, fewer pixels that the video has to crunch the numbers on. And so it doesn't take as much bandwidth. So there are lots of little tricks like that that we can do to figure out how to get the best quality from the system that you have and honestly in the internet provider that you're using. Uh, one way to test, you can actually do this test on your own if you log on to a computer. If you go to somewhere, there's lots of speed test tools, but somewhere like speedtest.net, if you go to that website and hit the go button, it will actually do a quick test on your internet and tell you what your upload and download speeds are. And that will give you an indication, you know, a place to work with either your internet provider or your integrator to say, this is what we have available to us. This is what speeds we're able to get right now. Great. And that'll help you pinpoint, is this really our issue or do we need to focus in another area? I do wonder, Bruce, we have folks who are in those rural communities and they may be only able to get DSL. Is there anything they can do to improve their bandwidth? I've heard of duplicators and other high tech things, but are you really just stuck with the bandwidth you have? You are basically, unless you can find you know, a satellite company, sometimes satellite speeds are a little faster. The other option, honestly, if you're in rural areas is to consider pre-recording because you could record and then upload it later. And that doesn't require a bandwidth speed to be able to do it in real time. And so you could record higher quality. I and mean, I know that that isn't necessarily your first choice because you want your people to experience what's going on in the room at the same time. But if there's no other way to get the bandwidth you need, you can record it, even do some editing on it and then upload it to YouTube or Facebook or premiere it. And that can get you the high quality you need without having to do it in real time. Great. That's really helpful. I also want to shift gears a little bit for those congregations who have gotten into a nice working pattern of we're either uploading every week or we're recording every week. We have our basic camera. We have our audio. 
what can congregations be doing to take their audio and visual setup to the next level? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is what I work with quite a bit with churches is, and it's usually a phased approach. You know, all of us started off new or are starting new on this, many of us at least. And so a lot of this, I would say, is something you need to look at as a long-term doing it in phases because it can be a large investment to just jump to, you know, professional quality broadcasting all at one time. But I would say start simple and get the quality level up before you spend a lot of time doing three, four, five cameras that you're switching between. And you have to do this phasing approach or stepping up at the same time that you're also working the volunteer end. It doesn't do a whole lot of good to have a ton of great professional equipment and nobody that knows how to run it or the number of people that you need. The more cameras you get, the more complicated things get, the more people you need to run it. And so all those things are factors. It's not just a gear factor. But I would say to begin with, start with just getting a good quality video camera, whether that's a camcorder. You know, a lot of churches start with people in the church having a DSLR. I really am trying to get churches away from just using iPhones and iPads. You know, there's limits to those, especially if you have bandwidth issues, because all those things are going to be wireless, the iPads and the iPhones, and really get to a wired connection with some kind of good quality camera. Personally, as an entry level kind of thing, we've used a lot of the Blackmagic pocket cinema cameras, which look like DSLR cameras, but they are full-blown video cameras. And that's a great kind of entry-level step into getting, you know, some really good quality cameras. And then you still have to deal with good audio. I really encourage people to get away from just using a room mic or the mic on the camera and really get a direct connection between your audio mixer and, you know, what you're embedding into your stream the audio will be much, much clearer and easier to understand and controllable that way. And then the third thing, obviously, is you have to think about lighting. Lighting for in the room is quite a bit different than lighting for video. Typically, it's going to take more front white key light to make it look good on video compared to what you want to do in your room. So those are kind of the three areas we look at, and it just kind of depends on where a church is at the time to help them say, okay, what's it going to take to get this to the next level, to get to the next level of quality. But definitely do quality over quantity of cameras is what I would recommend. Yeah, thanks. That's really helpful as we get feedback from our congregants of, I couldn't see you very well, or I couldn't hear you, but you really do want to focus on the quality of the visuals with the lighting as well as the audio before you get into the really fancy different cameras as well as confusing your volunteers with this crazy setup. One thing I am really curious about as we look into the future, you know, some congregations returning to their buildings while others are keeping a lot of their folks still at home, just given the pandemic and a variety of reasons why they might not come to the building. What can we be considering as we move into this hybrid where you have some folks sitting in the congregation watching the pastor or the choir, and then you still have folks at home who are getting a very different experience? Absolutely. That is a question that I think all of us are still trying to figure out. 
you know, we're trying lots of things. The thing I would say is with your church leadership, and especially your senior pastor, to have the discussion, what is it that we're trying to accomplish with our online presence? And people typically will start with, you know, streaming Sunday morning, but it doesn't end there, I hope. I'm really pushing churches to think, you know, seven days a week, how can we create online content that is useful and helpful that people can have access to all week. But starting with Sunday morning, what is it that you want the person sitting at home to get out of it? Do you want them to feel like they're in the room? Do you want them basically just to get the knowledge of the teaching aspect? Uh, Do you want them to feel like, I can tell you one of the areas, you know, we're still all trying to figure out is how to make worship in the room that we've gotten pretty good at over the years translate through video to someone sitting at home on their couch. It's not an easy thing to do. So kind of first start with what's the goal? What are we trying to accomplish right now with our video? Is it just for people who, you know, are on vacation and can't make it? Is it an outreach tool? Those kinds of things, having that discussion will drive, okay, well then how do we use technology to do this? And like I said, a lot of it's trial and error. A lot of it's getting in touch again with integrators that are working with lots of different churches who have seen it done different ways that can help you, you know, be pointed in the right direction. So that's a tough question to answer. I mean, it's one that we're still in the learning curve on, but it starts with what are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, that's really helpful to position that conversation. And I hope congregations are hearing that they're not alone in this challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. I know of congregations, large churches who do this really well, who did this really well prior to the pandemic, but there are a lot of resources involved, um, whether that's the physical hardware, the lighting, or your volunteers and just the actual knowledge of how to accomplish this. Yep. And the ones that are doing it well are ones that have gone through that process of deciding what is this look like for us in our context? Where does this fit in our ministry? What piece of the pie are we trying to hit with our online ministry? And they've figured that out and tried some things to move in that direction. So it's a process. It's not as simple as, can you just give me the the number two package to come in and set up in our church and that's going to make us good online streamers, you know? Darn, that's what I wanted to do. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) I know when we're all stressed with the pandemic, but it really does add value if you can sit down with your folks and have that honest conversation, whether it's, wow, do we really want to put a screen in the sanctuary or how do we want to be reaching people? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Bruce, well, thank you so much. Absolutely. That's the end of my questions, but I wonder, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're just burning to get out there as an integrator? (laughs) I would say my personal opinion is this online aspect of ministry is not going away. So I would encourage you not to just put it off as a fad. This is a piece of the direction of ministry. It's not going to overtake everything else anytime soon, if ever. Meeting together is still crucial, I believe, as a as also being a pastor myself. But on the other hand, it's not something that we as the church can just ignore and say, I'm just not going to deal with that. 
this is how we're going to connect to a lot of our people in the future. And so it's worth spending the time and the energy to have the conversations, bring in someone, an integrator that can have the conversations with you and figure out what your next step is and realize that it's going to be a journey and take a while. Honestly, from a pastoral side, it does change things for us as pastors. You know, I hate being on video. <laughs> I, I, you know, when I teach, I like being in front of the crowd, hate being in front of a camera. And so it changes some things for how we even do ministry. But that's part of, I believe, what God's called us to do and part of what we've got to work to figure out how can we do that with the tools that God's given us. Thank you so much. It leads me to just ask what is it like working with an integrator for those congregations who are afraid to, oh, we don't want to pay someone and they're really just trying to sell us things? I mean, as an integrator, Bruce, at CSD, you have a an area of specialty working with churches specifically. Right. Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, I would tell you any integrator you work with should be willing to have initial conversations with you for free. There ought to be at least a phone discussion, if not, if you're local to them and there's not travel costs involved, having them come out to your church, have a discussion with you, see where you are, kind of hear your heart without having to pay them anything until you decide to go to the next step. I would say there's no reason for a church not to at least do that. And then you could make the decision. Do we want to continue the conversation? Do we want them to make recommendations, do a design for us? Most integrators will do quotes for free. But I would also ask churches, don't expect them to design a whole system for you for free. And that is their expertise. That's their job. And it does cost them time and money for them to put that effort into it. This is no different to me than any other thing we do in ministry, that any tools that we would buy for ministry, whether it's curriculum or staffing or whatever, there's a cost to it. And this is part of the cost of doing ministry. Yeah, that's, I guess, what I would recommend. Thank you, Pastor Bruce, who also works at Custom Sound Design. This has been really informative. If there are congregations out there who would like to be put in touch with an integrator or have just additional questions or want resources related to online worship and technology needs, please reach out to the Center for Congregations. We also have the Congregational Resource Guide, thecrg.org, where you can do a search on your own and find resources there. We hope you enjoyed that conversation between Kate White and Pastor Bruce Colbert. If you need any assistance, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at centerforcongregations.org or at info at centerforcongregations.org. Remember, you can always find good resources at the CRG, which is T-H-E-C-R-G.org, and just enter in a search term, and there's all kinds of resources available for your congregation. We want to thank Jaden Lee for sound editing and original music. And as always, we want to thank the Lilly Endowment for their generosity in supporting us as we serve Indiana congregations. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon.